malfunction business but we're back again people deluded i'm back again first things first monday morning hope everyone's doing well and safe i hope everyone's in good spirits i hope you and your loved ones are in good health obviously happy belated mother's day to all the mummies out there again appreciative to those of you lot locked in on youtube smash the like button people twitch gang one love make sure you're commenting subscribing turning on your notification bells people obviously after this live stream supporters show settings 3 p.m bunch of arsenal fans will speak arsenal really and truly so make sure you've got that obviously uk time Appreciative to you lot that were tuned in yesterday for the watch along. I hope all my Arsenal fans are doing well and safe. Three point debt collectors going into the international break in good spirits. Now, throughout this video, we're going to look at the transfer nonsense that's going on. We're going to look at Mikel Arteta's press conference. And obviously, from a tactical point of view, we're going to go over the game, man. So, yeah, one love to you lot. Welcome to the DG Empire. I love you, man. Big up, matey, watching you from Poland. That's all I can say, man. You see things like that. I know us content creators are always faithful and things like that, but without you lot, it's dead. Ian trying to take over the stream. To be fair, I need to get Ian on the show. Not that I have a port of contact, but it'd be lit, man. <laughs> I get the feeling Tommy Asu might be out for a while. That's why Partey went right back. I mean, Partey went right back because you're right. Tommy Asu's gone, man. I mean, you know, Arteta's been speaking about it. Allegedly, you know, Allegedly, there's there's more scans, but if the man's in, you know, Tommy Asu's had a tough time with injury since he signed for Arsenal. If the man's knee is in a brace, we have to be prepared for the worst and hope for the best, really. And obviously, we're hoping Benjamin White doesn't get any knocks, but again, he he's gonna need a rest and things like that. Part is played right back at Atletico. It's not like we've got other options. You've got Young Waters on the bench. You know, yesterday, if push comes to shove, he will play. But you can't draw for Cedric. You can't draw for Tommy Asu. You can't draw for 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 uh, Brook Norton Coffey. It is what it is, people. So, yeah, Partey might have to deputise there. I don't know what that will do for the balance or unbalance of the team because, on one hand, pardon me, Partey's played there at Atletico at some periods. He's able to play right back. Jorginho filling in. I'm not really convinced in Xhaka and Jorginho as a pairing for the rest of the season, definitely. But in theory, we should be able to get away with that. But at the same time, you know with Thomas Partey, you lose a lot in the midfield. And I think you actually lose a lot in an attacking sense. I think he gives Benjamin White, Saka, Odegaard, Zinni, all of them guys a lot more 
confidence going forward because they know he'll be there. Obviously, the eight in the team with Granite Xhaka is in charge of connecting, breaking the lines, making those runs, which we're going to go over. And you saw Granite Xhaka actually do yesterday. But he has to defend in the same way with Thomas Partey. Just because you're more of that physical presence in the middle of the park and things doesn't mean that you don't have to contribute to attack. I think yesterday, because obviously we've got holding respectfully to him because he did all right, I think Partey had to be a bit more cute and clever with when he did go forward and things like that. But so, yeah, on that hand, I think we might lose the balance. But injuries happen, isn't it? Like, it is what it is. When a couple of players come back, the other people get injured. You know, since the start of the season, on one hand, you know, we have had a, we have been all right with injuries. But on the other hand, we've missed key players at key periods. And some players, we've had to manage their fitness. You know, Zinchenko, El Nene, Tomiyasu, uh, Gabriel Jesus, and there's a couple more. We've had to deal with it. And then again, I always say, I've got a lot of sympathy for certain things with Mikel Arteta, but like him and every manager in the league, I don't care about injuries. It happens. Injuries, loss form suspension these things play a part in you getting results or not getting results but it happens to everybody you know ten hog you know we've had an easier time with injuries than man united if if you look at it now but then again ten hog you look at chelsea and liverpool they've had it worse than you like in life someone's always got it better someone's always got it worse you be over prepared and i think you know in today's day and age definitely is really because some clubs fighting for relegation have had a lot of injuries Top six, specifically Arsenal, if we're trying to challenge for every trophy and whatnot, having a squad has never been more important. You can't have too... You can obviously have too many players, Arch Chelsea, but you can't have too many players, really. And with Arsenal, I think we're at that territory now where if everybody's fit, we've got a 30-11 and maybe a 30-13-14 because, again, if you was to name our strongest 11, it's Trossard, Martinelli, Smith-Rowe, maybe even Jesus, maybe even Nelson on current form or even Eddie on the turn of the year, someone misses out. So we've got a certain 11 and some squad players, but where we have, you know, we need to have probably a higher level ranking in terms of squad players because Partey's not fit, we lose something. Anything happens to Benjamin White, we're in trouble. One love to Rob Holding, you did well yesterday, but 10 games left. We should be able to get away with him against Leeds. Not really convinced on that at Anfield, but we support him and whatnot. In fact, you know, I, I, I'm starting to believe now, do we sign a right-sided centre-back, a right-back, a centre middle two, and maybe if you could get a wide man who can play up front or an out-and-out -out striker, really, there's a couple of things we need to do in the transfer market if we're completely honest with ourselves, man. So we just have to keep going, really. So, yeah, man, it is what it is. Shout yourself, Marcel. I'd rather put the Ute there. I'm not too sure because, I listen, Waters would have my faith, but you got to remember more time. It's not that he can't, you know, obviously in training and all of that jazz, he's clearly must have convinced Arteta, but it's a different ball game going into the going into first-team football. There's a lot of mental aspects. I would say the biggest changes from under-21s to senior football is the speed of things. And, and the level of concentration. There's certain things, you know, you could be out of position in an under-21s game and get away with it. If you're out of position, the opposition is going to exploit that. And it's very difficult, especially as you get into this day and age. It's like it's like last season where people are like, oh, should play Brook Norton Coffee. Really? I hear that. But really, playing play man at Newcastle away with all the top six stuff and whatnot, if push comes to shove, yeah. And yesterday, I would have actually liked him to come off the bench I think Arteta needs to scumbag some more debuts up with, with academy prospects. You saw what Benga did. Well, it is what it is. What are you saying? Greetings, DG. Willing you wellness at the start of our new year, new growing season. Rise up, young king. Empress, I appreciate that. 
How you doing, mate? See you, man, bullying Palace and that after Sporting took your chain. We took your chain, though. We took your chain, Marcel. What are you talking about? We took Marcel, don't run this Liverpool bands because we're coming for your Anfield, you know. We're dealing with your Anfield like you got dealt with at the Emirates. Van Disney's never been the same. He's looking like a he's looking like a one big pussy against Bournemouth and that. Allow it, man. So I'm gonna allow you lot. Stop it, man. After Tien, you got bare strippers in your defense. Joel Gomez, Tiena Trent, you know, they, they might as you know, you lot got American owners. They might as well take you to Atlanta and make a new King of Diamonds. Liverpool are the new strippers of the league. Allow it, man. Big up Liverpool, but stop it. Marcel, you wanted a reaction. You got it. You got it. See you at Anfield, Marcel. Big up Gunner King. Again, I spoke on 3 p.m. He's going to be there at 3 p.m. as well. Allow it, man. Allow it, man. You lot got bare slappers in your team. Harvey Elliott. Fabio Carvalho, all these shit youngsters, man. Stop it, man. I'm feeling myself because you see what you see what my club's doing. You see what my club's doing. God, please, 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 I'm, please. We need this. We need this. If we don't do this thing this year, then it's a madness. And they're waiting on us, man. Make sure you beat City. Hey, Liverpool fans against City. I mean, at least Liverpool turn it on in the bigger against the bigger clubs. Fair enough. You put seven past certain man at Old Trafford. You know, you could have come Anfield and you could have come Emirates and do that. We might come Anfield and do that to you. Van Disney's getting dealt with. You see what Jesus is doing? It might even, you know, Van Disney got dealt with by Reese Nelson at the Emirates. So it might not even, we might not even need our key players for you. Like, Holding might finally take some, take someone's shape. It's crazy, man. You know, Mane and Origi, they knew what Arsenal was on this season. Why do you think they bust out? It's crazy. Firmino don't even want to be here no more. Ten finals to go, man. And love for that, Marcel. I hope you're well and safe. I'm down for a Balogun swap with Benassia. Realistically, it's probably, it's probably was probably nonsense. I'm not. I'm on it, but I'm not on it. I'm not on it because a part of me wants to see Balogun at the Emirates. I, my first thought would be, you know what, Ailen boy through the academy. You see what we're doing already, bringing through. But on the other hand, not everyone can make it. If Arteta says, you know what, there's a banker there. Obviously, Balogun got his 17th goal in the league that last last night against Marseille. He's doing what he needs to do. Surely you can just buy Benassia outright with Benassia. Did he not just sign a new deal? I'm having Benassi. Should have never, should have never left the Emirates in the first place. I know fans, specifically Arsenal fans, we waffle about a lot of players who are or aren't there anymore. Um, but I do believe Benassi, Yunus Musa, Serge Gnabry, you know, young Ethan, if he leaves, they're the ones that could have kicked on to first team. You know, yeah, fair enough, Jeffrey Adley, Amici, Vontae Daly, Campbell. These guys ain't really done. Marlon, the guy ain't really done much in the in the game, man. Okay, DG with the chest, the drafts and clips will be ready. Listen, and then I'll just scream, what? You want brownie points for beating Arsenal? Your boys Everton didn't waffle about beating us. Ivan Ferguson to the carpet. Yeah, but have you seen how Brighton are moving? You know, whether you want Mitoma, Kaiseido, McAllister, you got to put the bag down, really. Morning, see, I hope you're doing well and safe. When does Tommy Asu's injury record become a worry? Clearly, it's a record already, bro. I mean, a, a worry already. Clearly, already, like... It is an issue. It is, it is a big issue with Tommy Asu, really. You know, he's had a bit of a tough season, not been able to stay fit, keeps get picking up knocks, not really convinced, apart from, ironically, Liverpool against Salah, not really had good games like that. It's peak, but I still stand behind Tommy Asu, just like with Smith Rowe. We can't turn our back on players because they're having a slow season, when last season they were two of our better players, two of the first names on the team sheet. And if nothing more, for me, Tommy is a good squad player, can play left-back, can play right-back. I'm starting to believe, you know what, Let's with the way we're playing, whether it's Benjamin White and we get a, a, a right back that can do what Zinchenko does on the left-hand side, Tommy Asu's a bit, he's, he's not the guy for that really and truly. He's a conservative right back. He's the man for the trenches, bit like Tierney. He's the man for when we just need our fullbacks to be fullbacks and battle really and truly. So I'm starting to believe, do you put Tommy Asu at centre-back? He's probably one of our best defenders, if not the best defender, give or take with Gabriel in the air. Obviously playing as a centre-back, 
it's not that you won't have to show your passing range, but you can kind of hide it. You know, you're going to have nine times out of 10, Gabriel, who's more expensive than him, they'll probably play with each other or even a Kiri or something. You can play it to him. He can try the Hollywood passes. Obviously, Tommy Ass, you can ping a pass, but you're kind of hiding it. And I do think he kind of, it sounds dumb because Tommy Asu and Saka were the guys last season and Saka was bagging. But I just feel Benjamin White is a lot better at right back than Tommy Asu because he's a bit more, he's got more variety in his game. He knows when to join and be a centre back. He knows when to underlap. He knows when to overlap. You know, again, you saw Benjamin White and Saka combined for the goal really and truly. So they're doing what they're doing. But of course, it's a worry. It's a worry for everybody. It's a worry for every player. Same way Partey's injury record, even though by his standards, he's been relatively fit this season. It's hundred percent. It's a worry. Like the best, uh, the best ability, the best quality you can have, for me, anyways, is availability. Again, touch wood. Tommy Asu gets better, and Saka never gets injured. But Saka's best quality for me is the man's always fit. You're ready to play. You're not here for two weeks, gone for three, back for a two. Now you're out for five. You're you're fit and able and ready to contribute near enough all the season. And obviously, the more that. In a, the more that I believe, as much as I like you players, when you consistently have injury records, I don't really want to rely on you like that. So, yeah, man, I think Tommy Asu's got a lot of versatility in his game, man. I don't know, DG, 21 missed in two years as a 24-year-old has to raise some alarms. As I said, of course it's alarming. Of course it's alarming. Tommy Asu's a decent passer, but, yeah, if we can have him back for Liverpool, put him at centre-back, he was a natural centre-back, and White is starting to do bits at right-back. Big up holding, but I'd rather Tommy Asu. Now, Tommy Asu obviously had a madness against City, but I just think Tommy Asu is better, man, in that regard. Shout out to Benjamin, though. You never know. They might keep Tini because I believe they're going to make Tommy left-back cover and buy a right-back. Could possibly play centre-back, too. Seeing Zinchenko after the game yesterday from his car to the fans made me think it might be our year. I don't know about that, man. Seeing Gwendozi do all of that. It'll be our year if we finish at the top. Obviously, after 38 games, but I don't check the league table. We just have to keep working hard and seeing where we're at. Smash the like button, people. With that, we might as well go over things from a tactical point of view. Let me make sure I've actually got what I need in front of me. This ain't it. Yeah, it is actually. So, yeah, let's get that up. Obviously, make sure my screen has been shared with you a lot. Let's go here. Um, Tommy asked you need surgery. Of course, you saw what you saw what happened to him. You saw what happened to him. Of course, you're going to need surgery after they've had a deal with you like that. But, yeah, if we look at the game, people, from a tactical point of view, again... The biggest disappointment is that we conceded. The biggest disappointment for me is not only that we conceded and we didn't get the clean sheet, but we conceded from a set piece. And also, I think we scored in the 55th minute. They scored in the 62nd. And I do think game management, especially in the last half an hour, is an issue of ours. There was a bit of complacency, um, really. And it's fine margins. You know, you might, if you are to win the league title, you might have to beat City as impossible as it is on goal difference. How do you do that? By scoring goals and keeping clean sheets. So they're the ways for improvement. And I do think in a nice way, a couple of players were a bit greedy yesterday. Like even though Saka got two goals and an assist, I think at times he forced the issue a bit too much. Odegaard the same. But I almost like that because it means you're more confident that you can bag. Three points, four goals, three points going into the international break. Beating Crystal Palace at, at, at first time in a while at home. Took care of business. No managerial bounce. No charity FC like with Everton. I'm a happy man. Um, obviously, I think a big part of Crystal Palace was their inability to clear their lines. You know, a lot of the times we was having sustained pressure and it's not that our moves were breaking down, but they were living to fight another day. They weren't clearing their lines. If you remember in the build-up, people, Xhaka's put a ball in. It's whistle past Trossard. This is the first one. It's whistle past Trossard. The same goes for Odegaard, who's tried to do some backheel thing. It's gone all the way out wide to Bakayo Saka. And actually, Zaha hasn't done well enough. Actually... Zaha for when Benjamin White nicked it off him for one of the goals and this. But yeah, it's gone out wide. 
obviously people it's 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 gone out it's gone out wide and if you remember initially it's been it's been dealt with um Saka's tried to wait one sec yeah it's gone out wide there was a phase of play i really did enjoy that Saka's tried to keep it alive um that move died but i think that was a byproduct of what was going to happen because there was near enough something identical as i said crystal palace are not clearing their lines benjamin white's nicked it off or, or benjamin white's nicked it off zaha saka's pull it across and one thing ring thing again not to scale one thing i liked about martinelli's goal and one thing i like about martinelli's proactive ward switched off as a fullback you can't afford to do that against one of the top teams this season in the prem martinelli started it out wide you know i mean started outside the area and in hindsight a couple of balls were not cleared again from Crystal Palace perspective, and they have to be dealt with. Saka's pull it across. Martinelli's got a lot to do. I actually feel the young keeper could have done a lot better. Martinelli's taking it on his left. Ward is the is is the primary source, but they're not defending well enough. I think Zaha and the Crystal Palace goalie were the best players from a Palace perspective on the bench on, on the pitch. Sorry. Martinelli smashed it home. We're living now, isn't it? Really? Well, that's not in, but he's pulled it in and he had a lot to do. Big up Saka for getting this. Shout out to Benjamin White. But again, as I showed here. They weren't clearing their lines properly, you know, especially in and around their box. So I'll I'll, I'll accept that. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna have that really and truly if I'm com if I'm completely honest with you. Um. So yeah, the second the second well, I think it would actually be here near enough. Uh, what have I got here? Once again, move breaks down. Crystal Palace not not clearing their lines. Saka forced to keep it alive. Plays a one two with White not following runners. So there we have that again. White nicked it off Saha. So yeah, li li literally, literally, we're doing what we're doing. We're doing what we can. Saka's obviously Saka's kept it alive, if I can remember correctly, as well for one of them. Again, not clearing their lines completely. Uh, this was a theme of Crystal Palace's. They're just not clearing their lines and dealing with dealing with things well enough, really. Again, white whites involved. You know, why and why and again, Zaha's gone out wide. So sorry, I've actually mixed up the things, people. But yeah, for the second, White's gone out wide. Uh, Zaha's gone out wide. Sorry, and he's and and they've shown why you shouldn't give Saka time and space. Simply, simply put, play the one-two again with someone, and he's put it in the back of the net. I'll have that. But again, the, how the back five are communicating from a Crystal Palace perspective, absolutely atrocious. The third goal is what I enjoyed the best because I think it shows Mikel Arteta's football. Again, there's no way we can go over it, but it's a sustained bit of play. There's interchanging movements all over the field. And again, there's about 15 or so, 12 to 15 passes. The one thing I like the best is Xhaka's here. Xhaka's actually here. Zinchenko's sharing for the ball. He's picked, Zinchenko's picked it up. Now, why that's going on? Granite's made the run forward. Like Granite's just made the run forward and shown why he's he's adapted to that role very well and why he's got two two goals in a week. Really and truly. Again, let's let's drop this this line a lot. Let's let's actually exaggerate. Smash the light bar. Let's exaggerate. So yeah, while that's happening, again, Zinchenko's just broken the lines. He's played Xhaka. Xhaka's played a one-two with Trossard. Again, not to scale. Let's force it a bit. Obviously, Trossard's giving it back to him. There's a bit of fortune with Granite because he's being clamped at this moment. But again, not clearing their lines, not following runners. You come to the Emirates, you're going to get burned doing all of that really, really and truly. I really like the fact that Xhaka was proactive. I like the fact that it was a sustained team move. I like the fact that Trossard, Zinchenko, Saka are actually on the right-hand side. And Odegaard, everyone's probing. Everybody's not waiting for things to happen. Previous years, Arsenal players are just standing still. Everybody's making runs, whether that's to take a man with you and open up space or whatever. But this is how we're scoring these goals. 
goals, really and truly. Set pieces is terrible. Again, really, you know, I did think Odegaard and Gabriel could have done better. We're doing this zonal marking thing. Obviously, as the balls come in, Schlopp wants it more. They pull it in the back of the net. That is where we need to do better. At least that's something from a Palace perspective from the training ground. What we need to do is obviously, you know, in terms of the zonal marking, the man marking, making it a bit more difficult. What led to the phase of play? Saka and Partey, I think, on the right-hand side actually kind of lost the ball. Benjamin White and Xhaka did well to earn the corner. Devil's advocate, did Benjamin White need to boot it out for a corner? These are the things we need to do better as a football club, really. Um, and again, I like the other goal, the, the last goal, because again, it's sustained pressure. Gabriel Jesus is alive. Obviously, initially, the first move breaks down. It falls to Tierney. Xhaka, I mean, Saka actually was here. Um, in when the line when the when the back line from Palace was outside their area, but when it's there, he's just hanging on the on the edge of the area. You don't follow runners, it's not going to happen. And what I like with Martinelli's goal with Saka's two is that you know more so the first, the second goal, even though the first one Saka scored was good, is that man arriving in this thing in, in the box. If you don't stand on the platform, you can't get on a train. Tierney's got an assist, and actually, whether it was Tierney, whether it was Benjamin White, um, whether it was Zinchenko, you saw. The fullbacks involved quite a lot, really. So, yeah, there was a lot to like. Obviously, he's laid Saka. Saka's put in the back of the net. We're laughing, really, and really and truly. The only thing we really could have improved in that game is keeping a clean sheet, really and truly. But as I said, I loved our roles of the fullbacks, whether it was Tierney's involvement off the bench, Benjamin White's involvement in, in, in a couple of the goals, Zinchenko's movement in a couple of the goals. Um, obviously, you know, it's, it's nice to see. It's a standard day at the office from us, really and truly. So when you go and look at it from a statistical point of view, Again, Saka's 10 goals and 10 assists. He's the first Arsenal player in double figures for both goals and assists in the Premier League this season, in the Premier League season, better yet, since Alexis Sanchez in 2016-17. He's the only player to have done so in the competition this year. Just getting better and better, isn't he? Just getting better and better. Just getting better and better. Don't forget, people, again, 3pm, we're going live again. Going to have some Arsenal supporters with me. I'm tired of waffling off in my voice. So we'll ask them their thoughts. So, yeah, big up for Kyle for that one. Arsenal have earned their 22nd Premier League win of the season, as many as they managed in the whole of last term. And the Gunners' most ever wins in their first 28 games of a league campaign. Uh, again, we're going to miss Saliba. He has won possession in the defensive third more times than any other player in the Premier League this season with 206. We didn't have him. Holding did well, deputising as well. You look at Benjamin White's first half, he did well. Where's his end game stats? Um, I think I must have that, that somewhere. Saka is the youngest Arsenal player to score 10-plus goals and provide 10-plus assists in a single Premier League season, breaking Cesc Fabregas' record with a year to spare people. Saka has now 13 goals across all comps this season, the most he's ever managed in a single season. And again, selected top flight European League leaders. You see what we're doing, really. So, yeah, it is what it is in that regard. Uh, again, Arsenal beat Crystal Palace at home in the Premier League for the first time since 2017-18 under Arsene Wenger. Arsenal have now equaled their Premier League points tally from last season, despite having 10 matches still to play this season. Tells you how mad last season was. Arsenal have now won six consecutive matches in the Premier League for the first time under Mikel Arteta. 4-2 against Villa, 1-0 against, against Leicester City, 4-0 against Everton, 3-2 against Bournemouth, 3-0 at last weekend against Fulham, technically the weekend before last. And obviously, yes, today 4-1 against Crystal Palace again if I'm micromanaging should have been a clean sheet should have been a clean sheet and less dramatic and also two set pieces Villa, Villa is a crazy game and it? it is what it is but it, it should have been a lot better and it's nice to see you know Tierney, Trossard, White, Saka getting assists, Martinelli, Saka times two and Xhaka getting involved so it shows the multifunctional system we've got 
And again, big up Saka, man. Every day he's doing something groundbreaking for Arsenal. Saka's got 12 goals and 10 assists in the league. Martinelli's got 13 goals, two assists. Certain man costs 100 million. Certain man are counting pre-assists over there in Germany. Certain man, you know, were on England duty asking Bakayo Saka how many goals he scored. I don't see anyone. If you come at the King or Kings where Martinelli is, don't miss. We miss a penalty on Thursday. We get back right to it. We don't feel sorry for ourselves. Real star boy stuff over here in North London. I don't know about them lot. But yeah, in London derbies this year, we beat in Palace away from home. We beat in Fulham, beat in Brentford, smacked Spurs times two, dealt with Chelsea, dealt with West Ham, dealt with Brentford. You know, VAR defeated us on the on on the on the, the home fixture, dealt with Fulham respectfully, and obviously dealt with Palace again. Is you know, big up all these clubs apart from the two London rivals. It's it's not your it's not our fault. We just run this city, man. It's it's light work. It's lovely to see. Apparently, Saka is the first English player to score 10 plus goals and provide 10 plus assists in the Premier League for Arsenal since Theo Walcott in 2012-13, people. So we're doing what we need to do. You know, but you have to hail up Benjamin White because I did feel looking at the game again, I think I would say Partey, Granite, Jacques. No, Partey was good, but Benjamin White, Xhaka and Martinelli were the three from literally from kickoff. Benjamin White got an assist, nine final third passes, four long balls, one tackle, three interceptions, six recoveries, three clearances, won two of his duels, one aerial duel, one and wasn't dribbled past. So it was a, elements of a quiet day defensively, even though there was moments of Palace asking us questions. But standard day at the office, standard day at the office. On paper, he's got better stats than K from Napoli. It's Starboy settings. We did this for Vieira, that Palace team really don't offer anything. They really need to invest in their team. I think with Palace, it's a thing where, you know, there's their attacking options are great. You know, their, 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 their attacking options are very good. But if your midfield doesn't offer nothing, your defence don't offer nothing, you're crippled, isn't it, really? And then it's irrelevant who you've got in the front line, really. So... Yeah, I think they need to. They've been dealt a hard time with injuries. You saw in the, you saw in the, you saw in the build-up. Actually, there were some injuries. There was an injury to Anderson. Obviously, Mitchell, who earned the corner technically for their goal, if I can remember correctly, was kept holding his hamstring. But yeah, and that goes to the board. You know, big up eagle-eyed football. We did a preview at the Crystal Palace game. He said, you know, Vieira had a lot of issues, but he was begging for a striker. A striker weren't forthcoming. And you look in the squad. Palace don't have enough. I backed them to stay up regardless, but. It looks a madness for them right now, really and truly. We're going to look at the transfer news and all of that stuff in a second, people. But what I want to do is actually see what Mikel Arteta and all of them things have been said in the press conference, folks. So, yeah, if you haven't smashed the like button, if you haven't set your reminders for 3pm, you know exactly what you need to do. There's 100 of you locked in on YouTube. Big up the Twitch gang. There's only 35 likes. Come on, man. We're not going to get engagements with that. Benny Blanco's doing well, man, since he's reverted back to centre, uh, right back. I think he will have his time at Arsenal as a centre-half, but I think We've got we've got it good right now. Benjamin White helps out a lot, really. And you know, we I'm not gonna really not that I'm I'll praise Arteta for what he's doing with the team. I'll praise what he's doing with Benjamin White, but I can't really praise him for putting him at right back because he's shown he could do that. If anything, Benjamin White needs to go through a learning curve to play centre half more. I think there's a bit of added focus. I think with Benjamin White, he wants to he'd be elite in five aside. He wants to venture forward with possession, predominantly at Brighton and Leeds. He was playing right back. Part of the manager is getting a not really a new trick, but getting a new trick out of out of old players who've already got you know new lease of life injected into Benjamin White. Obviously, Granite Xhaka playing in his role, keeping Tommy Asu fit, improving Saka and, and and Martinelli. That is as vital as obviously bringing in Trossard, bringing in Zinchenko to add a new layer and things like that. Getting something out of Saliba. Gabriel's really taking his game to the next level. Obviously, with Gabriel, you know he's got them 
lapses in concentration, but he's really, really taking it to the next level. Um is what it is. But you know how Arsenal fans are S4, man. You know, they're always going to turn on players, man. You know, they were waffling about some. were waffling about Emil Smith-Rowe. Now they want to get rid of him. You know how it gets. Just the other day, oh, Martinelli's got to leave. Arteta oh, don't like him. And this and that. Don't you remember some Arsenal fans said Odegaard weren't good and said Saka can't play right back, you know. Right wing, sorry. I've had my, my fair share of battles, you know. I remember three things I've been right on. And I can't claim Saka because Saka right back. Right wing, sorry. Because I, I remember fans telling me he couldn't play. this. like, no, he played there in the Czechal trade. Lacazette, 20 league goals. I told you, never get Premier, 20 Premier League goals for Arsenal because you could see at Lyon he wouldn't. Pepe, I told you, he's not going to be the answer. There's a couple. But yeah, Arteta's proving things wrong. Every now and again, oh, these players are not playing and whatnot. Arteta's doing what he needs to do, man. There's a lot of question marks with Arteta still, like, like over some of the players. But my gaffer, he's doing what he needs to do, really. With 22 goals as a team, Palace are tied for last in the Prem. Exactly. Goals win games. If you can't defend well where you've shipped four and you can't score, you're in issues. And I hope Palace stay up. They've had a tough run. I think they've had to play us, Liverpool, a couple of brazy teams in their games before that they, they it, it actually ended with Arsenal. And it doesn't get any it doesn't get any easier for Palace because now, as you know, if you look at 12th in the Premier League table to 20th, in things like that. In fact, the Premier League is very open. We don't know who is going to get top four. I, I would, you know, I'd say Man United, Man City and saving the best till last. Arsenal will be there, but we don't know who's going to grab fourth and mathematically everything is still debatable. You don't know who's going to win the league. You don't know who's going to finish in terms of Europa Conference and whatnot. You don't know who's going to finish 10th and you actually don't know who's going to get relegated. So this season is quite good really in that regards. But Palace are going to have to put in a performance because they're playing all the teams around them. So, again, arguably it's six-pointers, a bit like Leeds against Wolves where Leeds battered them. You know, if I... I want I want Palace to stay up. I want Southampton to stay up. I hope Leeds stay up. I want Bournemouth to go. I don't think you man are serious about nothing. Bournemouth to go. Forests are creeping back into that territory. And then it's probably debatable. Leicester have drawn themselves out as well, really, really and truly. So it, it really is it really is debatable. You don't know what's going on. Hello, DG. Some of our moves were so good for the eyes and soft. We kick on from this level. We can dominate the EPL for a few years. Let's, let's be easy. We don't know what's going to happen with years to come. Let's just focus on what we're doing, really and truly. I don't know. Unless you've got the City back in and stuff, I don't think anyone can dominate the league. You know, because City are not just dominating on the field, they're dominating off it. They've got the City group with bare teams. They can bring in any player they've won. Their collective depth is envy of everybody else. They've got Pep Guardiola. I actually want Pep Guardiola to leave the Premier. Be fair for it. If Pep Guardiola would just leave, things could get a lot better for everyone else. Everyone else would have a chance. I don't think a league could ever be dominated unless you're going to do what they're doing. You know, I don't think anytime soon. But if United get new owners and they definitely improve a lot on the field. Maybe they could get dominance. I mean, I guess by that stage, Arsenal could, but where it depends on what Mikel Arteta can keep doing. But in Chelsea, again, have all the facilities to do that. I don't think it will, I don't think we'll see what City are doing. Like I think it will there will be a point where it becomes more open season, man. Hey DG, thanks for the great content. Curious how highly you rate Makoko. I personally think we should make him our primary target this summer. I mean he's lit in FM. Makoko's my guy, man. You know, if we could go to Dortmund and bring him and or Kareem Adeniemi, is well, it is. I think Sambi will not get time at Palace now that Vieira's departed. I mean, psh, he's going to have to get on with it, you know. God knows how many managers he's had in his career, but God know, God forbid, you know, Arteta might leave Arsenal one day in good or worse circumstances. And if you're still here, 
you have to keep it moving. You know, Balogun's had a new manager. Fair enough. Will still was the assistant manager at, at Reims, but a new manager. You know, it, the assistant manager might not have, for argument's sake, rated Balogun, no matter if he's worked with him before. So he's had to earn his trust. Ainsley Maitland-Niles has had a couple of gaffers, you know. But, uh, Charlie Paternal's had a couple of gaffers. I'm sure Brook Norton Coffee on loan at Rotherham initially had a couple of gaffers. You have to get on with it, really. You know, obviously, that was the big carrot on top of game time, are sending Sambi to Palace. You play games, learn under Patrick Vieira, but you're going to have to get on with it, really. You're going to have to. And big up eagle-eyed football again. He said Sambi's looked all right at, um, at Crystal Palace. So that's what we want to see, really. Obviously, he couldn't play yesterday for obvious reasons. But yeah, man, you get the point. Big up yourselves. Zaha implicated on our first two goals, loses the ball to White on the first, allowing him to step in, then doesn't track Saka, loses Saka on the second goal. No need for Zaha at our club. I mean, he'd have to learn that, in it, really? And I must admit, I'm not keen on Zaha, but then I'm keen on Zaha. I can't lie to you. I just, maybe it was a reaction of yesterday, but I'm not, I, I, for reasons you said, I'm not with it. I think the wages, I think the bolt's gone in it. But when I remove my own bias and my own logic and I look at it from another point of view, I'm not saying Zaha's the answer, but I think there is a lot of upside, excluding wages and all of that. Premier League proven to a degree. We've seen what that does for, for players already for signing for Arsenal. We've seen what that's given. There's been a lot of negative ones. We whisper William, Cedric, them kind of guys. We've got some better players. So there's that. Obviously, he's 30. He's not really going to kill the pathway of any players that are emerging, really. So that could allow Balogun to go out on loan again or anything like that. Um, I would like an out-and-out -out striker, but he's able to play left, right and up front. There's, that would be another dynamic. Obviously, it would have implications for Balogun, Eddie Nketiah and probably Reese Nelson. Obviously, Zaha isn't experienced in European competition, but I'm very wary of rocking up in the Champions League with a bunch of young players, you know, and I think Zaha would give us that. I think Zaha's got that willingness to win. I think a bit like Trossard, with respect to Brighton, you know, we've got more ballers than Brighton. And I say that subjectively because Brighton plays some of the best football in the league. But Trossard looks wavy because he's wavy. And he's, you've got Odegaard next to you. You've got Zinni. You've got what Xhaka's doing. You've got Saka and Martinelli in the cut. You've got some young demons on the bench. I think Zaha will look wavy. You know, it's difficult when you've got Milivojevic behind you. Milivojevic or party that could find you and do wavy things. So I do think there's a lot of positives with Zaha signing, especially on a free, depending on the length of the contract and all of that sort of jazz. But... I think the bolt's gone, isn't it? The bolt's left Zaha. You know, I heard you got a well, we've all seen in terms of rumors, you got a fat contract offer from Middle East. You could play with Cristiano Ronaldo. I think I think that's I think that's I think I think that's 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 up to you. But I wouldn't be against it. If Arteta wanted it, I wouldn't be against it really. Cause I, I as I said, you know, if it wasn't an ideal world for me, I do think we could do with a right-sided centre back, one love holding, but someone that could take his role and evidently better, respectfully to Rob Holding, probably keep him because of homegrown rules. And you know, you play, you know, you know you're gonna play Carlin Cup next year. Clearly need a right back, one eye on left back, depending on what happens with Kieran Tierney. Uh clearly a centre mid or two or three, respectfully. I think we need an eight, we need a six. Um, and anything else Arteta wants. I, I I don't feel we have space for another attacker. But on the other hand, I do think we've got space for another attacker. I would I would like a striker. Obviously, we've got Jesus. I would like a striker. But if you couldn't find that, someone that's like Zaha that can play across those positions really and truly would be lit. So I wouldn't be necessarily for it. I'm not necessarily against it, man. I hope we win the Premier League. Winning trophies is all I want, but we keep throwing trophies where I don't care about top four like most people think it's a trophy, for God's sake. Oliver, I think we all want a trophy. Loki worried Real Madrid go for Saka, Vinny and him would cook. I mean, 
I see it as obviously you could lose these players. My only hope with is Saka and Martinelli and Saliba and all of these guys. Listen, as much as I want you to be here forever, it's not going to work. As long as we can do what Liverpool did, you get top bread from like they did for Coutinho, reinvest. This is how the world goes in it. This is how things happen, really and truly. But I see it as I see it as I see it as a compliment. You know, early days at the Emirates, we weren't winning stuff like that. Well, we weren't winning stuff early days at the Emirates, but our football was only Barcelona could say they played the best brand of football. And our players were always picked up. You know, we're the reason City are where City are. Our City's new new age was built on Arsenal foundations. Colo, Yaya. I mean, not Yaya. Well, Yaya had a trial at Arsenal, but Colo Torre, Adebayor, Clichy, Nasri, Sagna, probably missing out about 10 million players. You know, again, Omri was went to Barcelona and things. So I see when I see Arteta linked with this club and that club, when I see Saka, Martinelli, Saliba and the rest of it, it's a testament. Nobody wants, you know, nobody wants rubbish players, really and truly. If you have a girlfriend or for some of you boyfriends, and not that you're doing it for everyone else, but if you're walking with your girl out and she's not, people are not looking and turning heads, why would you want her? Like, not that you're doing it for others. Everybody likes good stuff, really and truly, isn't it? Do you know if any of our Brazilian players called up for World Cup qualifying? I swear none of them got called up, so I think that answers your question. Really, not a single one of them got called up, so they're gonna have to put up with it, man. But it's good for us, man. Obviously, Partey is gonna be playing in Afcon qualifiers. We we're a bit worried for him, but yeah. All said, Zaha will be much more in a much more diminished role at, at Arsenal. Experience or not, that can hurt confidence and consistency, of course. But you're gonna get that if you join a bigger club. Really, you're gonna have to put up with it. Appreciate that, Danny Marie. I'm not sure Zaha is willing to learn that he's a real threat inside the box. I mean, a bit harsh. I think he is, man, because I think Zaha is a big fish in a small pond at Crystal Palace. But I think he's a lot more willing than others. I would probably pass. But I do think there's a lot of potential upside, especially if we're just focused on getting Arsenal to a steady ship of consistently getting top four football, consistently doing things that we're doing this year and then beyond that. That's why I understand why you have Jorginho. Xhaka might get a new deal. Decision has to be made on Partey, but Partey's experience, keeping El Nene and giving him a new deal. On top of everything Trossard's doing right now, 28 years of age, like to my knowledge, Trossard don't have European experience in the Champions League like that. But if it's just football, we're going to need him. You know, As you know, with these young players, they're not always, even the experienced ones, they're not going to do it all the time. Can we recall Sambi if he does not get game time? Nope. Has to come back at the end of the season, my guy. What a joy watching a team that is able to be called upon in situations required. How far we have come. Everyone's playing a part, played a part. They have it. Benjamin White surprised me with his passing. He's passing like a centre mid in the final third. All credit to Mikel. Hector, I know you're not an Arsenal fan, but I don't think you've been watching Benjamin White then at Leeds and whatnot. Benjamin White's played in midfield. He's played around. He's got a very good passing range. Very good passing range. I just think he needs to... Not that he's not switched on defensively. I don't think he thinks like a defender at centre-back necessarily first. But when he gets that, I, I do think Benjamin will get his fair share of appearances at Arsenal in years to come at centre-half. Um, but I'm happy with the versatility because in years, we've had players that can play a bunch of positions but do none of them well. With Zinchenko, with obviously Zinchenko, Saliba... Uh, well, no, no, sorry, not Saliba. With Xhaka playing as a bit more of a different role, with Zinchenko, with Trossard, and, and there's a bunch of players, you know, Benjamin White, Tommy Asu went fit. I like the fact that we actually have players that are competent in their role, consistent and confident, able to do that, and other and and, and able to just do it really because it gives us other dimensions in our game. As you know, we've got a stable 11, we've probably got a stable way of doing things, but in years to come now, Arteta's probably got to throw some spanners in the work so we don't get found out. Maybe, you know, we keep doing. Like, you know, for if there's 10 games, five of them, the team's running through Zinchenko. 
the next five, maybe Tierney, for example, comes in and we do something else in that regard, just being a bit unpredictable. The Zaha ship has passed, but if Arteta wants him, especially on a free, I'll back it. I hear that. White's been doing this. That's why I wasn't upset when he signed. It was the price tag in question, but he's worth every penny. And just like with Van Dyke, not that I'm going to, uh, what's the word, comparing Van Dyke and Benjamin White. When you play well, no one cares about the price tag. You look at Van Dyke and Allison. yeah, I'm sure Liverpool fans will say, oh, we're paying through the nose a bit. It happens when you want to sign quality and cut. And they were curtain raises for Liverpool. When you do the job, it does not matter. Like Benjamin White, no one cares about your price tag. Gary Neville probably shut the hell up now, really, and things like that. So it's working. It's working. You know, if you spend 50 million or 72, like with us, with Pepe on the previous regimes, you don't see why a man was brought here. That's where the issues have and risk can happen. And I think we've been, we've definitely made some poor signings under Mikel Arteta and Edu. You know, they have to take responsibility for William, for giving Abamian a new contract and then ripping it up for Cedric, for Pablo Marie, for Runison. You know, everyone, everyone gets things wrong. Ferguson, Wenger, Klopp, Jose, they've all signed duds. But the success rate has been a lot better. And for me as an Arsenal fan, I'm not really used to players, Premier League proven or not impacting straight away, like, really and truly. Like, Trossard, instant impact, you know, like he's been here all the time. Gabriel Jesus and Zinchenko, curtain raisers. You see what Benjamin White's bringing to the table um, and, and whatnot. Obviously, Lokonga, Tavares, jury is still out. More, I've got a lot more time for Lokonga than Tavares, if I'm completely honest with you. Um, jury still out on Kirill because we don't know if... I, I believe in you. I think you'll be good for us. But I don't know how good or bad you, are, you actually all are. You know, I've only, can, only gone to sporting game looked a bit shaky, you know, you signed a four or five year deal, I'm not really going to judge you on your three, four years. Odegaard, which for me is Mar is Arteta's best signing, you know, I was waxing lyrical about him in January, some of you, not that I know anything, but some of you were looking at me like I'm crazy for supporting Odegaard, because you could see, I know he joined and he weren't doing what he's doing now, but you could see why he was in the team. I didn't understand the captain angle I do now, but I can see why he was brought to Arsenal Football Club off the ball as well. As I always say, if you want to see a game of football, watch what people are doing off the ball. That's what makes it. That's why I like to watch games again. That's why when we kind of when we reviewed the game with Crystal Palace, I liked the third goal the most because Xhaka has Xhaka has darted and obviously Trossard to go with Zinchenko split the lines and doing what they're doing. So it's nice to see proactiveness. It's just nice to see a lot of what we wanted to see at Arsenal Football Club is now being displayed, isn't it, really? But we can't rest on our laurels. And for me, we've now, we're showing it now. But at the same time, I don't want to praise us for it. This is what man should be doing, really. They got on to Odegaard. They got on to him. They got on to him. They got on to him. But we have to allow people. And that's what I'm saying. Edu and Arteta, their success rates a lot better. Ramsdale, White, Odegaard, they're becoming new players, you know. Saliba hopefully signs a new deal. Saka and Martinelli are going from strength to strength. Jorginho's done well, probably gone off the boil of recent weeks, but let's not lie. He had a very good start to life at Arsenal as a Trossard. And we hope it goes on, man, really. And that's why the only real concerns I have in the transfer window now is probably more with Edu. It's like, can you get Arteta's top targets now? Yeah, you reacted and got Jorginho and Trossard, but they weren't the top targets. You know, can you get the top targets? Can we keep renewing deals? like what we're doing. And can we get decent money? Because some of these players are not always going to make it at this football club. Can we get decent money for players, really? So, yeah. And also, we have to remember, Odegaard, Odegaard costs 30 million quid, you know. In a day and age where 50 million for Sigurdsson, as I always say, Odegaard costs 30 million quid. And again, another one that the best compliment I can give him, like Trossard, you look like Arsenal players. Obviously, you are. But yeah, man.
have the same concerns with with the transfers you said it first and there there it there it is man and i mean that that's there's no everyone's got question marks the question marks for saka and martinelli can you keep doing it for arteta can you keep evolving the team can you find other layers can you keep improving players can you keep marrying quality can you manage multiple competitions i'd say that's my major concern especially around europa and the fa cup since we've won it i don't think we've done as well as I would like to have done in the FA Cup. Fair enough, we played City. Edu, you've done some good things, you know. You was involved in some of the transfers, you know. Again, I look at Edu a bit shakily because we can only go off the Athletic, who seems to be the club's mouthpiece, you know. You you know, Arteta wanted Zinchenko, we got Zinchenko. You wanted Neto, he wanted Ramsdale. So you've shown that you can provide alternatives, but also you can get Arteta's targets. It's now for me, when you look at in the summer, Caicedo, Declan Rice, you know, um, Rafina them times, Douglas Louise. Anytime it's them number one targets and in the transfer window, we're linked with 10 players and then we're just linked with one consistently. Can you get that done? Because that's now the territory we're going in. Obviously, we need to sign some players for squad depth and be a bit more cute and clever. But the, the market pool's kind of gone smaller because now it's about finding people that are a bit like Jesus and Zinchenko that, that evidently raised the curtains of this club now, really. And specifically, I think that needs to happen in the midfield. And it's a difficult decision. I think Xhaka should hold on to his shirt. He, I'm not saying to sell him, but I think we need that that number eight. The same goes for part eight at six, at six really. I don't think we quite have four luxurious options, really. By all means, utilise part eight and Xhaka. I'm not saying be done with that, that pivot. But it needs to be upgraded upon, really and truly, if I'm completely honest. But that's just my thoughts, really. That is just what I think. What do you lot think, people? Let me see your comments. People wanted Madison over Odegaard. Myth. Myth, myth. I'm still taking Mads if the price is right. He's been killing it for Leicester. I like Madison, and I would take Madison because I think he's a good player. Uh, jury's still out on Fabio Vieira as well, um, even though he's supporting. But... Do we need Madison? As much as I think Madison's wavy and is going to go on and do bigger and better things, is it is he currently a player where you can sit there and say, you know what, you're an exception to the rule. We don't need you, but your quality is one that we can't say no to. I'm not saying he's good or better than these players, but, you know, Madison can play out wide, actually, in, in an inverted role. He can play as a 10. He's at home as an 8. But is he necessarily that 8 that is going to take this to the next level? Is he an out-and-out 8? He's a 10, right? You know, you've got Odegaard there. You've got Fabio Vieira. You've got Smith Rowe. If he was to play off the left-hand side, which he has on occasion at Leicester throughout his years, you've got, out of all the attacking areas, left wing is probably where we've probably got the most luxurious of options. We don't have that same luxury with Bakayo Saka on the right-hand side. Up front, there's two players. Asterix next to, next to Balogun, who's irrelevant because he's not here for a season. Left wing is open season. A fit Smith Rowe, a fit Trossard, a fit Martinelli. Who's playing? So... It don't really make sense. I'm taking Madison. He's English. I, I think he's got that chip on his shoulder that I like to see in players. Obviously, in terms of set pieces, he loves one. That could help. But I think it's not one. If we're going for centre mids, I probably, I more want pure centre mid options, really. Like guys that are going to challenge Partey or Xhaka immediately to be in that pivot behind Odegaard. And at the same time, as I keep saying, saying, I want to see Odegaard in that eight. I think that's the man to take Xhaka's role. I want to see Fabio Vieira groomed along with Smith Rowe into that role as well. So I'd be happy with it. I'd be happy with a top-notch six and a striker in the summer, even though a right centre-back, a right-back and an eight is needed. We need to transition the squad little by little. Being Xhaka in the summer, as he thinks top four is better than getting an FA Cup. We're on our biggest trophy drought in history at the moment. Bit harsh. And where does Xhaka say that? Bit harsh. And I wouldn't been Xhaka in the... In, 
in, in, in the summer. We've got Champions League. You know, Jack has been good for us. Whether love or hate him, he's been good this season. He's a valued member of the squad. Whether he's a starter or a rotation option, I think you need Xhaka. And the man's also durable as hell. You can't just rock up with bare experience, man. We can't rock up with bare kids in the Champions League. This is why I understand the recruitment of Jorginho and Trossard, you know, giving Xhaka a new deal. We need to be a bit cute and clever. Obviously, in, let's just say, this year and two more years, so a three-year period, obviously, we need to shift importance probably from Partey, from Xhaka. Still utilise them, but a bit like Tierney, you go from first names on the team sheet. Obviously, if you're doing your, your bits, then you can play, but we gradually demote you to squad depth and things like that. Really, really and truly. Biggest trophy. I don't know about that either, man, but fair enough. He might be referring to the league. I think when the standard is high at the club, it's a lot easier to see if a player will make it or not. If the club is not doing well, they tend to flog the dead horse for longer. True that. I think if Arsenal continues to improve winning titles, I believe players, i.e. number one targets, be ready to jump aboard without Arsenal breaking their supposed structure. At some point, you're going to have to break your structure. But at the same time, you know, if you want to achieve results, you're going to have to pay a lot more for players, man. Really. Oh, I can't remember Xhaka and Arteta being in the same team. Mate, no, I don't think so. When Arteta was a player, Xhaka weren't there. Yeah, Xhaka weren't there. In fact, he might have, you know. No, you weren't there, Yellow Kit Days 2015. No, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Arteta and El Nene. Arteta and Benassia, ironically. Technically, maybe even... No, not Robo didn't. When did, when did Arteta leave us? Maybe 2014-15. You wouldn't have been here with Granite. You wouldn't have been here. They never played together. Yeah, you wouldn't have been here with Granite. You wouldn't have been here with Granite. I can't lie. When, you say, when we say Arteta, I still, think, I still think of we're talking about the player, you know. It takes me a while. I'm like, oh, yeah, the man he's our manager, though. Off topic, Xavi is the first coach since Pep to win four classical. That's good for Xavi, man. You ain't got nothing on Arteta, though. You ain't got nothing on Arteta. To be fair, Barcelona defending. I watched their classical. Dra dramatic circumstances with Kessier, innit? Dramatic. Even before that, essentially, he'll come off the bench and his goal was disallowed and that. Crazy. Pre-season, that was an other player said top four as well. I mean, realistically, you know, you got to run before you can walk. Are we really going to begrudge the players for sitting there in August and saying, we finished fifth, let's try and get top four. Let's try and go as far as we can in the Cups. If there's anything we can exploit like what we're doing now, then cool. You want man to come out and say they want to win the league title and they look like a fool? Of course, I would love to see my players talking bolsey and saying this and that, but then you'd call them deluded really and truly. It's a bit harsh. Arteta left summer 2016 saying, yeah, Xhaka came. There you have it then. Bit harsh, man. Like you gotta remember where we are as a club, really. And again, even if for my personal opinion, if we just judge Arsenal on what we wasn't last season and you know the last few seasons, I've got nothing but praise for Arsenal Football Club. Nothing, you know, the the, the mentality, the tactics, everything that we're doing this year is what I wanted to see. You know, if we're looking at this as a team that wants to win leagues and stuff, then I have to start judging it harsher. Clean sheets, less of these emotional games, high pressure moments like sport in Lisbon, experiences, learning from experience, not just experienced players, learning from experiences. The margins for error are smaller and smaller. I don't think we're quite there yet where we're definitely title challengers because next season, if we do do what we're doing and hopefully it ends in a positive way, there's a degree of expectation. You know, teams, we was an unknown entity. Now teams are slowly but surely, they know, like you saw at the last couple of home games, set pieces, you know there's questions. In fact, probably in our last 
three, four games now, set pieces. You know, if you try and win the first and seconds, you know, if you set up a low block or you're, rel you're relatively rigid defensively, you have half a chance. And that's not, you know, this is what we're going to have to learn to combat. Players are going to have to keep improving. You know, we're going, not everything is good. Not that everything's been right for us, but, you know, if it rains, the sun's going to shine. We might have a season like Chelsea or have to deal with injuries like Chelsea and Liverpool. It just doesn't go like that. We, You know, you earn your luck and we've been doing the right things, but it just doesn't keep going like that. Who do you think takes the Madrid, Madrid job in the summer? Links of Arteta or worrying? Uh, probably Tuchel, isn't it? Apparently he's learning. Apparently he's learning Spanish. Who knows? I'm sure I saw Poch's name linked again. Who knows in that regard? Hopefully he goes back to Spurs because I reckon the... It's never nice to go back. It's never. It doesn't make sense to go back to your ex. I don't see him leaving. He's committed to for at least the next four years. You never know. Managers and players. Teta loves his role and things like that. There might be a job he deems too far to turn down, really. And that goes for the players. You've got one career in it. I can't begrudge anyone. But I hope we, you know, we 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 know who or we're thinking about who could take our who could take the role. Yes, trained up, man. Get him trained up. Should we see what Mikel Arteta has said in his press conference just before we get into for news people? If you haven't smashed the like button, smash the like button. Don't forget, people. Uh, we go live again at 3 p.m. Also, we're at 61 likes. How are we not on 100? If you haven't hit the like button, shame on you, man. One love to those who have. Let's see exactly what Mikel Arteta, Bakayo Saka, and the lads have had to say, people. Uh, I gave him a big hug. What has Saka said here? I gave him a big hug when he came into the dressing room because he deserves it. He was magnificent. We need that. You know, when he's coming in to stay at that at the level that we've been playing, he was unbelievable today. So credit to him. That's in relation to holding people. Big him up. Sakura said, I'm just so happy to help my team each game. I want to go into games and try and affect them in the best way to help my team win, whether that's scoring or assisting. I managed to do that today and helped us win the game. So I'm happy again. Big up, Bukayo, for that one. Closing that. I want to send my best to Vieira. Well, you did. Since Thursday, the focus was on Palace because we knew it was going to be tricky, even trickier with what unfortunately happened with Patrick. I want to send my best wishes to him and the coaching staff and all the best of luck for the next chapter, which I'm sure will be really fascinating. Remember when they said Patrick should take over when Arteta looked a bit shaky and Patrick looked wavy? Some people wanted Conte. We had to play against a difficult opponent, which they proved that they are. We had the right energy. We were dominant. We had the right purpose. We were ruthless to keep attacking and be really aggressive. Shout out the gaffer for that one. We're getting better and better. Tell him, Arteta. It was really good. I think we're getting better and better. We need to keep investing in those connections, those understandings, those timings. We we become quite unpredictable for the opponent to try and defend against. Again, we split the goals, which is really good. Let's continue to do that. On Bakayo Saka, he's really improving because he's got the right teammates that make him better. And that's really important. It's true that he affected the game in the right way for us. He's been really consistent. We need to maintain that. He remains humble. He knows he can still be much better, do a lot of things better than he does. And that's a big given. He's still 21 years of age. Crazy. Bakayo, um, not Bakayo Saka, but Bakayo Saka's manager, Arteta, said... I'm really pleased, very pleased with the way we started the game. I was really happy with the way they reacted after Thursday and we took any question mark away from it. We showed a lot of determination, a lot of purpose in our way of playing. I'm really happy to perform the way we did after playing 120 minutes, after losing two big players for us, and to still compete and win the game in the way we did. Amen. Ramsdale, Odegaard, Smithrow, Holding all said top four. I mean, what do you expect them to say in, in, the, in the summer? Like, top four was a target, really. Do you, you really think they don't want to have bigger ambitions? What do you want them to say? 
Do you think this is a one season one season wonder? If it means winning the league, I don't care. I hope not, but it is an anomaly of a season, and that's where we're gonna have to see next year. Are you not gonna do this again? You probably will. You probably will only sign one or two and have to be on point with future proof in the squad. I don't. I wouldn't say Arteta would never join Real Madrid. I would never say never. I know he's a La Masia boy, but it's Real Madrid, bro. I, I'd be very wary of that. You know, it's not that you like you made it out of Barca and that. If Real Madrid asks for you, like, bro, I'm not gonna lie to you. Like, I love Arsenal Football Club. If Chelsea sat, if Arsenal didn't forth come with any offer, and Chelsea said you could be a scout, a coach, a content creator, what? I'm not supposed to do it because of my allegiances to Arsenal. Come on now. It looks like you know Real Madrid. If Xavi hits it off, Xavi Ball could be there forever. Real Madrid. I'm not sure, bro. You really think, really, really? As much as he loves Arsenal Football Club, Arteta turned down the role first. So he's able to make calculated decisions. I, I know football can be quite tribal, and I'm not saying Arteta would, but I don't think we should get hung up on that. Oh, he's La Masia and all these things. Um, uh, Saka, I mean, on Saka, he said, I think the, the team did really well. We obviously have individuals that excel to be at the level that we want, but he was really, really good again today, affecting the result with his contribution, especially in the opponent's box. So I'm really happy. On whether Tommy Asu will play again, we don't know. Obviously, the doctor is assessing him. He had one assessment. They need to have another assessment tomorrow, but it's not looking good, that's for sure. Looking at Tommy, he's not someone who exaggerates things. He was really concerned straight away. We are all concerned. And Arteta kind of plays quite coy when it comes to injuries and all of these things. And he's not said anything, but yeah, it don't sound good for Tommy Asu. On whether he is hopeful over Saliba and how well Holding did, we hope so. And we hope Willie White is going to be better news. But again, we have to wait until tomorrow to understand a better picture. We have lost players. We lost Gabby for four months. We lost we lost Thomas for one and a half months. We lost, we lost Alex Inchenko for one and a half months. We lost El Nene for six to eight months. Now we lost Eddie and now we lost Tommy Asu and Saliba. Don't let Ten Hag hear that. Everybody has to give more. It's not a secret. If we want to maintain that level, everyone has to step in, give more. And Holden is a great example of what we needed today. Big up Holden, play against Leeds, but I hope to see Saliba where Anfield's concerned, where Tyneside, where, where St. James's Park is concerned, where Chelsea at home, Chelsea at home is concerned. Big up you, man. One of the board members for Chelsea is at my workplace and he's a Tottenham supporter. Business is business. There you have it. Free Max B. What a name. Free Bigger Bell. Oh, it's business. It's hella business, really. Kane's a bloody Kane's a bloody Arsenal fan. You think, you know, got released by Arsenal. Spurs saying, we'll take you. What, man, supposed to say no? Remember, we support these clubs. They don't support us, you know. So you have to make calculated decisions. A bit like Martinelli, where he put the caption yesterday, I'll never uh, get tired of playing for this shirt. And I don't think he will. But playing devil's advocate, you've got every reason to say that. You're going to get a big contract. You're a young, impressionable player. If you develop to the way you do, and God forbid Arsenal don't progress, are you still going to feel like that? Oh, we love this football club. You still need to keep it moving sometimes. Some of you have had to make hard, harsh decisions. Hey, whoa, whoa. I don't know about the Lily shirt. No pictures, no pictures, no pictures. Um, On how he improves goals being conceded from set pieces, by training more, by being conscious of it, and don't give any hope to the opponent that it's a weakness. We have tried to train it, but obviously we didn't have a lot of time with the amount of games we have played in the last three weeks. But it's something that for sure we definitely need to do better. With the international break and those players who are not going to play for their country is what it is. D DG Neva, remind people that Arteta is not a Catalonian. He's originally from the Basque country. So he's San Sebastian. And again, he never made it there, innit? So it's not like he was Barca and that he didn't make it there. So... I know that if I was Arteta, which I'm not, and I don't know how he feels, he might not feel this way. Real Madrid, it's like, you know, I can't begrudge players for going there. You can't say no. Like, 
It's crazy, man. But yeah, he's right with, with the with the goal, different things. On how the team rallied around Martinelli after his penalty miss, they were a team straight away, but it's part of football. He takes responsibility, chances. And when you see him running around the next day with that energy, honestly, I wasn't very concerned about him. On Xhaka's goal scoring, believing again, believing to get in the right position and believing the ball is going to land in the right moment and then being clinical. I had a feeling today and I told him that you're going to score again because when you have that mindset, you are there. And I see the way he's training. Good things are going to happen. And he's been phenomenal all season. On how he guides Martinelli and Saka to get the best out of them, just by making sure that every single day they do the right things, they eat right, the right things, they live the right way, and everything that they put into this brain is the right information. Leave him alone, Kim Kardashian. And they don't get confused because it's about tomorrow, it's about the next day, it's about the next match. This is what we have to do. And to be fair, they have the right environment, the right family, the right agent, and it's not a coincidence that they behave consistently in the way they do because that's why they can perform at the level they do. On what his messages will be to the players when they return from the international break, that they really look after themselves in this period. I'll try to look after the players that have to remain with us and they come back with the same mindset that they have before so that we go into the we go into Leeds, which is the only important game we have right now, and try to win that one. He then said, I want to think positively. They're going to play games and they have to do it in the way they do it here or better, especially when they're representing their country. We are in contact with all of them. They know how to look after them and we hope that everything is going to work out. We hope and pray. I think Martinelli had some points as well, but I, I don't think it's, it's quite on Arsenal.com, people. So, yeah, Kim K goes and watches Paris Saint-Germain. They lose to Renz. It's peak. Absolutely, Pete Teller, to stay away from my star boy, really. But Miss Banks, India from Love Island, all of you lot, chat to Sako, man. Sako, the demon needs to get awoken now, man. You need to believe in your source, man. You need to. Uh, looking at some transfer news as well, people. Not that there is much concern in our way. Sorry, folks. Oh, false alarm. I I was going to sneeze. Body's pranking me. Let me make sure that we ain't missed out anything. Is there anything new? Not really, not really, not really. But nonetheless, let's see exactly what's been said just concerning Arsenal people. Um, let me make a timestamp. What's the time on the clock? Big up to you lot. Make sure you smash the like button, people. 3pm Arsenal fan show. Let me know any questions you lot, what you lot want us to cover and all of that stuff. But yeah, where the transfer news slash latest news is concerned, sharing my screen with you guys. Let's start here, people. Um, oh. Start here actually. Fabrizio Romano via court offside. Saka has accepted the new deal, has accepted the new deal, is ready. So it's up to the club to meet and sign the documents once final small details are sorted. But rest assured, Saka will extend. Official announcement depends on Arsenal's media team. It's not over till it's signed on the dotted line, but we hope and pray that that gets done, people. The Athletic can reveal there are set to be several new appointments within Edu's department. Jason Atto is to become Arsenal's assistant sporting director with James Ellis stepping up to recruitment. We can actually read that still. How long is it? Bloody hell. Yeah, you know, let's read it, man. This is why this is this is why we look at what's going on. Arsenal announced last week that Stan and Josh Cronke would become co-chairs with trusted board member Tim Lewis becoming executive vice chair. There was little fanfare for the club. This simply represents the formalization of existing structures and processes. But more changes are on the way. Following Eddie's promotion to become the club's first sporting director in November, the Athletic can reveal there are set to be several new appointments within the Brazilian's department. Jason Atto is to become Arsenal's assistant sporting director. 
director with James Ellis stepping up to be head of recruitment. Effective, intelligent recruitment has played a critical role in Arsenal's resurgence under Mikel Arteta. These revised roles recognise the good work that has been done and the secure key personnel that have played their part in the rebuild. These appointments were more likely to follow about solidifying the structure that emerged after the club made the majority of Arsenal's existing scouts redundant in the summer of 2020. The work of that scouting department led by Francis Caigio should not be overlooked when assessing Arteta's squad. Thomas Partey had been scouted and courted extensively by the previous regime and Steve Morrow's youth department brought in Saka, Smithrow and Reese Nelson. I mean, big up Watford for Saka and Steve Morrow, you didn't reply to my letter when I sent it many years ago, so can't say I care. Nevertheless, this I can't say that word, but the departments allowed Eddie to build to his specif specifications from scratch. Um, Though some in the wider football world scoffed at Arsenal having no scouts, those retained at Arsenal quickly. The hub of the new department was formed once informally as Arsenal's in football intelligence at Arsenal. Those involved will form the pillars of the revised scouting department. Atto be began scouting for the club in 2014 and has gone on to serve as the club's recruitment coordinator. Effectively, Edu's right-hand man, his role, at, his role as, a, as assistant sporting director will broaden his responsibilities. The initial football intelligence team also included first team scout Mark Curtis, data analytics specialist uh, Tolly Coburn and loan manager Ben Napier. They have been valued contributors and are expected to retain significant roles within the new structure. Ellis, the new head of recruitment, joined the club in the summer of 2021. After dramatically slimming down in 2020, Arsenal began to take on new scouts. The following year, Ellis joined from Fulham as the first team scout in the UK, responsible for reviewing domestic players and reporting to Edu over their suitability for Arsenal's squad building plans. He is set to be granted a rider role. These then are evolutionary steps rather than revolutionary ones. Edu was granted a blank page and used it to draw up a successful blueprint, now to make it official. That Arsenal recruit, that Arsenal recruit intelligibly, intelligently is inarguable. You have to go back to that chaotic summer of 2020 and the signing of William to find a deal that categorically did not work. Additions such as Benjamin White, Martin Oldegaard, Aaron Ramsdale, and Tommy Asu have hugely exceeded expectations. Even though, even though deals that are more debatable, such as acquisitions of Nuno Tavares and Sambi Lokonga, were relatively low-cost gambles and should not cause Arsenal to lose substantial money. I agree with that. But anytime a player doesn't work, doesn't matter if it costs 300 million or 3 million, it's still too much peace. And also now, and signings go wrong. Doesn't matter. Signings go wrong no matter how much research you've done. So as long as we're able to get out of jail, why that being in Lokonga and Tavares' case, looking like first team players, or turning that eight or 17 million in both their cases into double that, we keep it moving. Arsenal have been praised for their ability to pivot to alternative targets, such as switching to Trossard and Jorginho in January after missing out on Mudrick and Caicedo. That is in indicative of the depth of planning that goes into every window. I'm not going to praise the club for finding alternatives. Preparation for this coming summer began as early as last year. Like every club, I think Athletic are sucking ass a bit, pause, like, you know, a bit, if I'm honest, you know, fair enough. Is there any uncertainty about Edu's new remit? It surrounds exactly how it will intersect with the job of head of Academy Murtasaka. Edu's sporting role sees him assume overarching responsibility for all Arsenal's academy activities, in addition to his existing responsibilities across the men's and women's team. Edu's, I mean, we've seen this already, um, Apparently, the changes at board level are more cosmetic. Arsenal have a four-man board, two of whom have the surname Cronke, so it's their club. For Stan and Joss to be co-chairs is entirely logical. It was thought for some time that Tim Lewis would step up to become chairman, but he has instead been granted the title of executive vice chair. 
The inference is the same. On a day-to-day -day level, he is the owner's man on the ground and heavily involved in the running of the club. When Arsenal tried to broker peace with Brighton and Hove Albion over Caicedo, it was Lewis who made the cool businessman. Philip Harris, I don't know about Lord, retains his place on the board, people. Some of these titles are reminiscent of when the club promoted Arteta from head coach to manager. It was a job he was effectively doing, but they felt his performance warranted recognition and security. Arsenal, a healthy club, their league position is is one indicator of that. But there's also a feeling behind the scenes that the leadership team have developed an effective way of working. They do not want to rip it up and start again. This is about keeping key people and continuing to improve. So, yeah, people, that was a good little article that's come out. Apparently, what's been said here. Right. Let's see what's being said here. Peter Roots, column four, Leeds United stars could quit Man United. I have 143 million double. Where is Arsenal? I don't care about no other team. Where is Arsenal stuff? The title got me Arsenal. Arsenal set their sights on Brighton once again. After signing Benjamin White and Trossard in recent years, the Gunners have now set their sights on Caicedo and Mitoma. Despite recently signing a new deal with Brighton, Caicedo remains a priority target for the league leaders and it's, under, and it's understood they will submit another huge bid for the midfielder this summer. They also share an interest in Matoma, but understand that a deal will be incredibly hard to make now he signed a new bumper contract at Brighton. What is these? These have always... These have also caught my eye. Let's see what these are saying as well. These came out yesterday. Big up Ethan on where he's been linked with everyone. Apparently, somebody has insisted that Arsenal need to pay up to hold on to a young talent. I mean, I think you'd have to give him a pathway and you'd have to give him top money. He'd probably earn a lot of Chelsea. If he wants to stay great, if he wants to leave, cool in it really and truly. He can't sign a pro until he turns 17. Arteta is all for giving kids a chance and I think it's a good way to be. They've got to play with experienced players. He, Ethan, will be looking at players that have come through and thinking they're young. I want to play with them. If you go somewhere, where are you going to play? He's not going to walk into a Premier League team. If they think he's worth a lot of money, they have to pay him what he's worth to keep him with insurances that he'll get into the squad and get a chance. But also might be his agent saying that everyone is after him. Obviously, there's a bit of game playing. Hopefully it works out. Uh, Brighton may move to stop Matoma signing for Arsenal. Again, we've heard he signed a new deal, so I don't think there's anything new there. Closing that. Apparently, CEO C, uh, the Brighton CEO Barber on Arsenal's £70 million bid for Caicedo in January. It was only sufficient if they want half the player. Shout out the Beautiful Game podcast. Make sure you're checking them out. Jokes aside, we don't provide numbers. It amuses us when we see numbers in the media because they have not come from us. So we'll never know what they really was. Newcastle very interested in beating Arsenal to 62 million signing. who has been tipped as good fit for Eddie Howe. This is talking about Musa Diaby, people. We'll have to see. There's no doubt about it. He's a much better player than he was when he left Pierre Saint-Germain. Much more developed. And it doesn't surprise me to see clubs like Arsenal and Newcastle linked with him. He's more than just a speedy winger. He's got a lot of versatility on that left-hand side. Ah, You look at his numbers on the left and right. There's a serious problem there. And I personally think he's most well-suited to playing in a more attacking role. But he's also done well as a wing-back. He's arriving at the point in his career where he needs to make the next step. And perhaps a club like... Newcastle a project would be good fit for him in terms of where he's at right now but I do think there'll be a number of clubs across Europe looking at him in the next few months and a return to Liga has certainly been raised in the last few months we'll have to see. Balogun obviously made it 17 league goals people big up to Balogun we'll cover that. Arsenal interested in Sasha Boy with Mikel Arteta keen on Galatasaray's 22 year old right back as cover. We do need right back if Arteta wants him fair enough I'm not watching this football all the time, but yeah, but Leona tried to go for him. Liverpool were linked with a move in January, so we'll have to see how that develops. Really, 
Arsenal will be opponents in this year's MLS All-Star game. Multiple sources familiar with the arrangement told The Athletic on Sunday evening. Arsenal last faced the MLS in an All-Star game in 2016. So what, are we going to America this preseason? Fair enough. Once again, Newcastle and Arsenal have to pay more than thirty million to sign Musi Diaby. So, what's the price quoted? Johnson said it wouldn't surprise me if he had an asking price of fifty million for just over or just over that, or something in the forty to fifty million euro price range. There might be scope to structure the deal so that the initial fee is a bit lower, but the overall structure of the deal is still likely to come up to around the fifty million euro mark. I can't see Leverkusen letting him go for anything less than a starting fee of around thirty million. Fair enough. Cool. Arsenal are plotting a part exchange offer for AC Milan star Ishmael Benassia and are ready to let Balogun go the other way. We need a midfielder. He's played at Arsenal. AC Milan have been linked with Balogun. Probably a bit of creative journalism, people. I haven't watched the Channel U documentary. I need to. We need to raid the Brighton team. Seeing Zinchenko gassing up the fans like that as he drove past was great to see. I do like Hugo Ekitike. He was never going to get significant game time playing over there. But yeah, DJ, I'll say this again. Cashing on Balogun and Eddie and bringing Ivan Ferguson. He is more promising than both and adds a new dynamic to Trossard and Jesus. Since Kuliseski is a lonely, I'll consider going for him in the summer. Wouldn't mind Kuliseski. We ain't won, Oliver. We ain't won in European years. And I, I listen. I would. I'm heartbroken that we didn't go, go through in the Europa League. I genuinely wanted to go to the final. Anything less than the final and winning it is failure. But we have to accept it. But yeah, Benassia may have committed his future at AC Milan, but he may have offers coming in during the summer. The Algerian midfielder cemented his place in Paul, in Stefano Paul. Uh, Paulie's side and remains a key star for the Resonari. Allegedly, he's got a 50 million euro release clause in his in his new deal. The Gunners are ready to take Milan's interest in Balogun and use the young forward who has 17 goals this season for Reims in a deal for Benassio. The report suggests Arsenal could offer the 21-year-old plus cash to sign him. Bit of a mad thing, really, don't you have it? Have it there. Arteta remains open to adding a midfielder with Declan Rice their priority. However, they might keep their options open and target Manassia as an alternative. The 25-year-old midfielder has previously spent time with the Gunners before making a name for himself at Milan. Considering the Serie A Giants are reportedly interested in Balogun, a deal could materialise. In this in this scenario, Benassi is, vi is visibly higher valued than the 17-goal striker. The youngster has interest from other clubs in Italy, meaning the Gunners could ponder selling him elsewhere for money. The report suggests Arsenal could offer Balogun in a part exchange plus cash for Benassi. The offer may seem enticing as Milan would want a new prolific attacker in their squad. The Algerian has been one of the best performers under Pauli. Pauli, hence they are not keen to sell him on the goal. As for Benassia, he has also interest from Premier League clubs like Liverpool. Jurgen Klopp wants options to reinforce his midfield. However, if the race is against Arsenal, the 25-year-old might choose to return to London over joining the Merseysiders. The coming months will reveal how serious Arsenal are over Benassia. They're reportedly interested, but signing him over Rice may seem doubtful. The Algerian midfielder only signed a new deal with Milan in January, meaning the Serie A Giants are in no rush to sell him now, so there you have that and this has just said Liverpool are to battle for him so there you have that I don't think this is anything uh, Christian Fort confirms Dortmund putting pressure on nine goal starred mid-Arsenal and Tottenham interest people specifically said it's a pity that Julian Brandt is injured at the moment because he's been playing very well for Dortmund and now the national games have arrived of course Dortmund heard about the interest from the Premier League especially Arsenal and Tottenham we've heard that's why they're putting pressure on the player they want to have talks with him and his father to work out a new contract. So you see Dortmund are getting nervous because they know in his head the possibility of a Premier League move is being considered. Now they're pushing to get him signed up on a new contract. But Arsenal and Tottenham would be interested for Julian. 
So we'll have to see how that develops, people. We've spoken about Musa Diaby. What is this? Edu, to, Edu set to use ambitious transfer strategy at the Emirates, Ben Jacobs has said. I think that Arsenal always work multiple windows ahead, but the Champions League football makes a big difference. And as soon as you get it, especially as Premier League winners as well, with the added prize money, any team can be a bit more ambitious. That's going to be exactly the same for Arsenal. We're still going to see Arsenal with their same disciplined approach, not wanting to overpay for players. But what I believe Mikel Arteta and Edu will do is ensure they are quick to their top targets to try and get business done early. Arsenal are tracking will have a relatively high value. Fair enough, people. We've been linked with Sterling. Lol. Declan Rice probably more realistic. So I have to see how these things develop. Nicolas Pepe open to Nice stay, but French club yet to decide move for winger. With him on big money and being contracted until 2024, it says it all. He just come back from injury, people. Um, he impressed in the first half of the season with six goals in 16 appearances, but he's missed two months with a knee injury, people. Nice do not have an sorry, Nice do not have an option to buy Pepe at the end of the season. And according to Lekeep, the Liga side have not made a final decision as to whether they want to keep the winger for another year. The report claims Pepe is open to the idea of remaining at Nice, but the club wants to review his performances in the second half of the season. He'll have just one year remaining on his contract with Arsenal this summer. Him and Cedric, we're gonna have to deal with that. Cedric, who's holding holding bench elsewhere, people, which is a bit of a madness there. Again, we've seen this with Bukayo Saka already. Uh, going over here, big up, big up Martinelli's mentality. Should we see what this is wrapping up and saying here? Wrapping up this transfer a bit, scrolling all the way up, people. Arsenal front runners for Musa Diaby, according to court offside. Arsenal are currently the favourites to sign uh, Bayern Leverkusen winger Musa Diaby. He's valued at six to 62 million and he's leaning towards a move to Arsenal. However, Newcastle and Paris Saint Germain are on him. We're interested in Benassia, as discussed. We're plotting a mega money Moses Caicedo bid. We're set to revive our interest, according to Football Insider. Celta Vigo starlet Gabby Vigo wants to move for Arsenal. According to AS, he dreams of playing for Arsenal in the immediate future, despite interest from Liverpool, Man Manchester United and Real Madrid. Quite a box-to-box -box man. We've been linked with Eden Hazard again, lol. We've just spoken about Julian Brandt. We've been linked with Xavi Simmons. Mikel Arteta is monitoring. We're interested in Paulinho. Jonathan Day, we've covered a lot of these things already. Wouldn't mind Zubamendi 100%. We've been linked with the Hood on a free. Romano poured cold water on Victor Osman's move. And yeah, man, really. So that ends the transfer news with slash the latest talking points where Arsenal are concerned, people. Don't forget, people, I'm live at 3 pm with a lot of Arsenal fans. I just need to make a I need to actually make a new thumbnail for that and we keep it going. 18 more likes until we get to 100. You little boy in it, man. How's the YouTube algorithm gonna pump out our stuff then, people? I don't know. The average dur duration's up though, but yeah, it is what it is. What questions have I missed out? Don't think I've them. Some of them shouts were wild. I personally don't want club legends managing Arsenal. I hate that. I don't mind the club legend managing Arsenal, but you have to be the right guy, really. Moneyball transfer strategy only works on the come up once you're challenging. You have to sign top targets, which cost money. But as long as you sign with sense, it's all good. Amen. 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 Bin Jack, a bit harsh, man. I'd say move away from Jacob being as important, but Bin. Finger harsh. Shout out, DG. The drop in quality when Odegaard does not play is worrying. What happens when he gets injured? Vieira's confidence is a bit damaged right now after the Europa League. I don't know, man. You're going to have to get your confidence back. But I'd imagine Fabio Vieira. My immediate bias is a fit Smith-Rowe. Pepe should go Turkey or something. With them wages, 
it makes it an absolute, absolute madness. The wages is probably what shags him, really. He's going to be on big wages. You know, he's over on over 100 grand. Cedric's uh, is even our third choice right back on over 100 grand. We're going to have to deal with that in the summer and make decisions on Tavares and, and Lukonga. And whether it's transfer fees or saved wages, pour those, assuming all of these players got flushed out, whatever Arteta wants to do, that resources gets put towards players who can help us. Tommy Asi's fitness record is terrible. I see why we're looking at right backs. It kills me, man, because Tommy Asu's my guy, but it, it, it is, man. Nine more likes and we've hit 100 people. In fact, that's something we can we can talk about at 3pm. Tommy Asu, injury record concerning. Need two right backs, bit harsh. I think you need a left and a right back, centre back. I think we can, you could argue three additions in the back line. In an ideal world, I'd say five, six signings, but I don't see that happening. I would like two, three midfielders. I would like a right-sided centre-back, a left-back and a right-back. And probably the hardest thing to do is find an attacker, whether that's an out-and-out striker, that's too good of an opportunity to turn down, that brings something different. Or maybe that's someone that can, a bit like Trossard, do do all of the front four positions free at a push. Is he out for the season? I mean, we hope for the best. We can't rule it out yet we, that he plays. But, you know, we went through the press conference. Arteta doesn't seem too upbeat on... On on Tommy Asu, he said he's got another another scan, and obviously he's had surgery in it. So he's well, he could be set for surgery. So it's peak. Apparently, Gary Jacobs has said Tottenham won 100 million in one upfront payment to consider selling Harry Kane this summer. So he probably go to Man United. And in terms of Man United, a second bid from Qatar is due on Wednesday. People, in terms of Arsenal, it doesn't appear like there's much. Party is going to play four games. This break, don't think he's coming back fit. Boy, part is the old, you know, part might have to be utilized that right back, or it might Saliba might have to go over there or something if there is any injuries to Benjamin and things like that. Pardon me, we're gonna it's gonna be a big test on the squad in what's left of the what's left of the season, really. If I'm completely honest with you, so we're gonna need to step up and have to do well in the game, man. Eight more likes until we have a hundred folks. Also, the game could have gone worse if Palace capitalized on their chances earlier. Do you think holding a high line requires a fast defender like how City have? Well, yeah, because if you're going to get caught in a foot race, you know, someone, for example, like Rob Holding is going to struggle a lot more than Saliba and Gabriel. Yeah, you need the athleticism, not just to come back and defend, but also to kind of calm down situations. Yes, mate. Great game yesterday. Sad no clean sheet, but your thoughts on how we played. Did our job, man. I was, I was, I love the use of the fullbacks. I love the, the, the last two goals in particular. I love the fact that we pressed them high and when they, Failed to clear their lines, we scored. Ultimately, got, we got the three points. You know, a lot of indiv good individual performances, a good collective, um, a good collective performance. Disappointed with not just not having a clean sheet, but another set piece goal. But three points is three points. It would have been a dark place had we lost or drawn yesterday on the back of Thursday going into the international break. So hopefully, the players that are playing for their countries pick up no knocks. The players that are here, you know, Arteta's got a couple of weeks really to focus on, not just leads, but maybe certain things tactically he hasn't had the time to focus on really. And it also gives the gaffer and everyone a chance to breathe and catch their breath in, in what's a mad season and actually spend some time with the, with the family and all of these sort of things. So let's hope it is people in that. Anyways, people, we've been here for an hour and a half. I'm quickly going to run off to the gym before I go live at 3pm. Don't forget, I'm going to have a, a couple of Arsenal supporters. We're going to be going after the, going over the game at 3pm and all of these things, people. And I'm going to try and take a back seat. So I hope to see you lot all then. Big up you lot on Twitch and YouTube. Without you lot, 
is dead. Obviously, a couple of live streams and content to come out. Actually, at 10 p.m., big up my guy, Andrew, Ukrainian football expert. We spoke about Zinchenko's importance at Arsenal and we also went over Trossard, you know, a bit, I'm spreading a bit of Trossard slander um, and whatnot. So that video will come out. It's, it's been uploaded. I ain't done a thumbnail. So, yeah, man, it's appreciative for all you lot's talking points and all the rest of it, man. Couldn't have done it without you lot. Of course, there's better players out there than Xhaka. Uh, and if you're talking about Martinelli saying, I'll never get tired of the shirt, then yeah, man. Palace had two clear-cut chances and football's a game of fine margins. Games can always change. But yeah, man, if you haven't subscribed, commented, smash the like button. What are you doing? You lot stay safe, stay blessed. I'll see you lot later today, man. I'm out. <laughs>